Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Wednesday, April 8th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. And uh, today, Paul, we got a special guest. We're joined by Cleveland.com columnist Doug LaMaurice. Doug, good to talk to you. Good to, to have you on board uh, for, for our third of our daily podcasts here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, talking Indians, Major League Baseball, and and really, uh, you know, you, you came came on board the uh, the day when we actually have some big news to talk about. Yeah, I prefer the term just guest as opposed to special guest because that lowers the expectations. Well, you, you have a special place for with all of us. Uh, Paul, uh, let's jump right in. And, you know, what have we heard? What's the latest on the, I guess we're going to call it the Arizona plan? Yeah, Um you know, Major League Baseball has been kicking around several different ideas how to get this, how to get start the season, when to start the season, and uh, one of those plans involves having all thirty teams uh, playing in, in the Phoenix area the whole season in the Phoenix area. Um, uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN reported that there's, he suggested that there's there's a chance they could could play some games in May. Um, but he, he, his story also said uh, it might, you know, bleed into uh, uh, June. Maybe June is a better start date. But, uh, you know, it, uh, logistically, it's, it's, you know, there's 10, 15 teams train in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 teams train in Florida. And the Indians are one of those teams. Yeah. And there's 10, 10 ballparks out there, uh, spring training ballparks. Chase Field, uh, Arizona's big league home, is is also there. There's various other college stadiums where they might be able to host these games. But you know, I think this is one of the plans. But it, it's you know, it's got some traction now. Um, will it work or not? I don't know. I mean, I think it, it take. You're talking about you know what, 750 ball players at least. You know, over 750 players. You know, you have to share, uh, you know, you would probably have to share, you know, training complexes. The Indians could, are they going to team up with the uh, Twins? You know, the Twins and the Indians will be in the the same uh, training complex. Uh, There's a lot of things to work through, but the health is the main thing. What, you know, you have to isolate these guys and not just the players, but the coaches, 
front office, the trainers, the medical staff. Um, and it, it sounds like, uh, you know, four or five months of, you know, pretty much just going to the ballpark, going back to the hotel, going to the ballpark, going back to the hotel. But, you know, Arizona is one of the states where you have the few, you know, you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, coronavirus outbreaks. It's, it's like, I think it's ranked 22 or 23 in the States. Um, uh, and you, you wouldn't have to fly all the, you know, all the ballparks are close, you know, within 50, 50 minutes to an hour of each other. Travel would be ideal, but, you know, that's probably the only ideal thing about this. The location, having them all together. Doug, what was your, your first impression when you heard that this was a plan that could be out there? Uh, you know, was it, would you have a positive feeling? Did you have a negative feeling? What, what was your first impression? So I just got done reading a national column sort of criticizing the whole idea of this. And, and certainly I think it seems like some people are characterizing this as some kind of money grab by, you know, the owners want to make their money. The players want to get paid. Um, I think, and maybe it's naive, this is a very different circumstance, but we understand how important sports are to American society. And the safety is a baseline. Like if it can't be safe, you can't do it. Right. So I'm going to assume that if something like this would happen, it would be because there is a somewhat foundational level of safety that they believe they can achieve through isolation, through testing, which is what we're all going to do as we get back into this. It's going to be based on testing a lot more people and then isolating people who are sick, but otherwise trying to get back. So I think playing baseball would be good for America. Mm-hmm. I think playing football in the fall would be good for America. I think playing without fans is fine. Sports on TV is one of the most unifying things there is in this country. And so, yes, people want to get paid, but I respect anybody trying to come up with unique, different solutions to getting games going just on TV as something for people to do while they're stuck in their house. And so does this sound perfect? No. Does it sound doable? Yes. What would happen if one guy on a team tests positive? Now, okay, so now you have a team, and now there's seven guys on one team who are positive and are isolated for 14 days. Well, does that team still have to play without its best players? Are all their games canceled? Like those specifics, I don't know. But I am certainly open to the idea of assuming a baseline level of safety, trying something, and I can see how this could maybe work. I, I think it, it, it does give a lot, of, a lot of hope and a lot of promise. And that's, that was sort of the first reaction you know, for me when I saw this come across last night was, wow, that, this is something that really could work. And the, the fact that it was being reported – that government officials and government health officials were aware of and in favor of some sort of effort like this. That was what really sort of got me going about it. It was like, it's not just the owners and the players getting together and saying, okay, well, we can do this. It was the fact that they had already gone through the process of reaching out to the government officials and saying, we want to try this. Do you support it? And do you, do you support the effort? And apparently you know, the, the big name that's out there, uh, John Heyman uh, reported on, I saw it on Twitter uh, through his account, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, has been appraised of the situation with the Arizona plan, and he sees promise in it. 
Now, that's not that he's, he's, he hasn't signed off on it. He hasn't said we could do this. But he says it's, it shows promise. There's a, a whole lot of hurdles and a whole lot of whatever to go through. It certainly, you know, like Paul said, 750 players. You're going to have twice that in terms of managers, ballpark, you know, TV guys, everything that you need to make baseball run. You're going to double the number of players or double the number of people who need to be tested and available for this to, to work. But if, 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 if it can happen, then I, I really I, – I think they're going to want to try and do this because the alternative is an entire year without baseball, and I don't think any of them want to see that. You mentioned the financial aspect. You mentioned, uh, you know, trying to make money. I don't think this is a plan that the owners see as making money. There's no gate involved in this. There's, there's a massive loss of revenue, and I think they're going to ask the players to sort of take a prorated salary of some sort, take some sort of, you know, cut in terms of pay. Yeah, the players would be getting paid, but it, it, it can't be, you know, what they would normally be getting paid. Yeah, I, I think um... – the, the thing that troubles me about this is, you know, you have U.S. citizens that can't get tested now. And in, in this setup, we're going to test, you know, 750 athletes and, and you know, the, their, their uh, staff, you know, the staff surrounding them, you know, on a daily basis. And just to put baseball uh, to give, uh, you know, uh, to uh, you know, to uh, settle down the masses, to give them something to watch. I know they played baseball in World War II, um, but I just I don't I just don't see putting the baseball above the health of of uh, the normal citizens who want to get tested. And you know, if you believe everything I you know that you read and 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 you see on TV that they can't get tested now there's no one you know there's not you can't just walk in off the street and get tested i think there was some blowback uh, i guess when this first all uh, broke out back in in mid march when nba players were getting tested and nba ent- entire nba teams were getting tested uh you know that's that's sort of the the privileged few getting tested or whatnot uh i guess the hope is that by the end of may that there will be a, a, an increased availability of testing uh, for this. So that's sort of what they're basing this on if, if, if in, in, in helping that timeline out. And I guess, I mean, uh, I know what other, some other countries are, have done. I would assume there might be a baseline test off the start for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like temperature scans after right. that, that you're not getting tested every day. If you don't have a fever, you're okay. One thing I'm curious about, and this is, so minor, but yet also interesting. Would there be media there, and mm-hmm. specifically Hoinsey, <laughs> if if they said this is what we're doing, games start June first. Cleveland.com would like to send you Hoinsey to Arizona to cover all of the Indians' games. Do you believe personally you would be comfortable being part of that, or would you have some worries? A, for your personal health, or just would you be reluctant to be part of something like that because you would feel like, again, maybe the priorities aren't in order? Yeah, that's a great question, Doug. I, um, I mean, you know, that's a job, you know. So I would say, you know, I would, if, if, uh, if they allow the media to, to cover the games, and, you know, I've talked to some people that said they might not early on, that, you know, we'd, we'd do it like uh, in conference calls or video calls. Um, you know, 
the, the PR guy would get two guys after every game and you talk to them uh, via Skype or uh, Zoom. So, but I, I would, yeah, I, if, if they did start playing regular season games, I, I would go, uh, you know, and I'd have some trepidation. I'd, I'd, I'd be honest with you. I'm, I'm in that age group where Quincy uh, is the target group. Yeah, he's, the, <laughs> he's the at-risk group right now. But, but you know, I think uh, if they were going to do this, like you said, Doug. I mean, they're, they're, you obvi- obviously they they would, you know, have a pretty good grip on is it healthy, is it safe to go. But you know, also, you know, I I, I would not want to be, you know, have my you know just I don't want to be treated like some. You know, like I, I don't want any special privileges. I would not. I would not go. I would not be happy with that. So your access to the testing, you, you, you yeah, if that, that was required, well, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what. Uh, last year was it? Uh, every time we would step into the press box, uh, they would scan our our cards uh, for security reasons. Uh, it became a, a an ongoing, like a running sort of ha ha. You know, uh, got to go get scanned, whatever. Uh, and that was for just it was especially around the all-star game. They wanted to make sure the people with the right credentials were getting access to the press box and, and wherever. And we get scanned every time we go into the clubhouse anyways. Uh, imagine, uh, you know, Mayor Bob sitting in the, in the press box, uh, scanning, mm-hmm. you, scanning your forehead with a, a temporal thermometer every time you come in and out of the park. Yeah, maybe that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's what we're looking at. You thought it was inconvenient to get scanned. Uh, I, I remember in Kansas City, there's a very eager uh, attendant in Kansas City. Every time you step off that elevator, he's he's looking to scan your your card and your your uh, your media badge. Well, imagine giving that guy a thermometer. <laughs> he's he's gonna be like the Wild West out there. <laughs> Just pull it out of his holster and scan you every time you come in there. Uh, you know, we and we make light of it, but you know that's what it would be like. It it would be an environment unlike anything you've you've known. Now, Doug, I don't know. Uh, do we know? our experience with people who have gone and covered the Olympics. You know, that's, that's something where a reporter is basically in, in, you know, taken away for a a month or so at a time and, and goes and and covers an event. Now there's a ton of people all over the place. It's totally different than what we're looking about here, but just to be away from your family and to be in a situation where, I mean, you don't know what's going on in there. There've been Olympic park bombings and things like that. So safety and health is a concern there. Uh, as far as being a reporter, would would you even want to do something like this? Be be uh, entrenched with the Indians for four and a half months? Well, I know you know Hoinsey was out on the uh, slopes of Italy that one winter, right? <laughs> That's right. <Hoinsey. laughs> He's been on the Olympic yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, um, I I truly am viewing the the return of sports, especially uh, well, regardless, in a very patriotic mindset with this i honestly believe that sports is a is the number one unifying thing in this country and in this situation could be a great boost um either when we're all back fully and it's a signal that society is back look we care about sports again or even if sports is a little early that like hey we're not back to normal yet but look a tiny piece of our existence is i can watch a baseball game on tv but i think it would involve sacrifice and the thing so to hointy's point i you know i would have trepidation that kind of thing but i would almost feel like 
that we're just a bunch of knuckleheads covering games, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of us in the sports yeah. department, we have people at cleveland.com who are covering important life and death news right now who are doing a great job. We are lucky enough with our jobs. That's just not what we do. We do provide a service, but I believe any sport coming back in this situation would be providing a service. So part of that is, yes, the, we would be there sacrificing a little bit to bring this to people. But I also think the athletes have to sacrifice here. Right. And we are seeing a lot of great stories of athletes donating things in a world where you're not going to have a gate. You're still going to make money on TV. Sports salaries in every sport are nuts. They're bonkers. Our priorities are out of control. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you want to tell me that everybody, every major league baseball player who makes more than 2 million bucks should have their salary cut in half for this season, and that they are no longer, it's not about the players and their great skill. It's the service they can provide to this country, to doctors and nurses and grocery store employees who are going out on the front lines. And when they get home at the end of the day and they can't go be with their family, maybe they can put a baseball game on. And I know that might sound silly, but I think it would be sacrifice across the board to come up with the best way to make it safe, but for everybody involved to be willing to sacrifice some minor extent compared to what everybody on the front lines of this situation are sacrificing every day. And yes, baseball players can help doctors and nurses right now. Mm -hmm. So if we can find a way to play and Paul Hoynes can find a way to get out there and cover a game and we all have to take a pay cut to do it, but we're bringing something to our frontline people. I think that is a worthy endeavor. Yeah. I, I think just the, you know, it, to have media there, they, they provide the, the, the the mouthpiece the the go between between the fans and the players there you know the, the media can also relay to the to the players hey what you're doing here is a good thing because look back home we've got this many people watching and they're they're excited to see Francisco Lindor go out there and and do his job uh, you mentioned sports as as a patriotic moment and you know there's no better example than after 911 uh, when you had the, the NFL come back and you know, really, uh, the the players run out on the field with the flags. You had the uh, the games in New York after nine eleven. Those when when these significant national historical events happen like that, uh, the first games back are really the ones that that you sort of see those highlights and see those memories. And I, I you know, we've seen some of these on on the replays that they've been showing on ESPN and whatnot. Uh, those are significant games, and, and they stand out, and they really do unify the country, like you said. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the agreement the owners and, and players have reached, you know, it says, it, you know, players like, like Lindor's, get, he's supposed to make $17.5 mm -hmm. Well, he's going to get paid on a prorated basis depending how many games they play this year. Right. So he's not – I mean, if they play – hundred games, he's not getting that. He's not getting his whole salary, but he's not getting anything if they don't play any. Yeah, games. right. He he will get the service time, which puts him a year yeah. closer to being a free agent. But you know, he doesn't get the the seventeen million. He he and and who knows? Would you go through the arbitration process with him again uh, before next year? And would he make more money than the seventeen based on? No, no that later? that I mean, if you if you if you you know. He made seventeen point five million last year by not going to arbitration by reaching a deal. So right. he would be eligible again, and, and he would receive that amount. Right. You, you know, seventeen point five. I, I I guess the 
the big question in all this, and Doug sort of touched on it a little bit earlier, is, you know, what if, it's the big what if, what if somebody dies? What if they do this and they put this all together and somebody, you know, what if Terry Francona, who's already not in the greatest, you know, health situation in, in the world, and he's in his 60s, I believe, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who's at risk. What if, God forbid, something happens like that and, you know, they lose somebody. And, and, and that's why you can't guarantee anything. But all of us are at some degree of risk right now. I haven't interacted with someone outside my wife and two daughters in 28 days. I've, I was a little early on it, but I haven't seen, other than running past someone when I'm jogging, but I still could get it, right? So you would have to, the only way you could do this and why to me the one state thing is interesting, because part of this too for all the sports is, as we've seen this in Ohio, Ohio is a leader in this. Ohio was sort of early on. Ohio was the first state to say, we're not having NCAA tournament games. And for six hours, people freaked out until everybody realized, oh, nobody's having NCAA tournament games. But it has not been a federal response. It's been a state-by-state response. So if you're trying to do this state-by-state, well, what are the Angels going to do? Well, what are the Mets going to do? What are the Indians going to do? That's never going to work because you have to wait until the last state Mm -hmm. is at the right point. But if you all go to Arizona and you have to be able to simulate your own personal quarantine to the scale of 2,000 people, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, can you simulate staying at home, and, but your home is Major League Baseball? And so I think if you can do that right, and I think you maybe can come close to it with some pretty draconian measures, and no, you guys can't go out to the bar at night, and no, you oh. can't go to the grocery store, we're going to have it delivered to you. Right. Uh, whatever, then hopefully you can get to a point where Terry Francona is 99% as safe as he is right now in his apartment. Well, you try, but that's, that's one of the things that jumped out at me about this was the, with the four month sequester or isolation for these teams, you're telling that the majority of those teams have players, you know, in their early twenties, mid twenties who aren't married, who, who like going out at night. You're going to tell all those guys, that they can't see girlfriends or, you know, pick up chicks at the bar like baseball players are known to do. I, I mean, you. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a good response from the majority of the the married players who want to, you know, be with their families, but also the unmarried players who want to go out and experience being a ball player. But uh, the other thing is, you know, who's not going out to the bar and having a drink and picking up chicks right now? Doctors and nurses. So mm-hmm. suck it up. Right. Play a game on behalf of America and do without the bar scene for three months. You'll survive. Uh, we've seen some, some different reactions from players uh, in, in the aftermath of this story coming out last night. Uh, Adam Adovino told the New York Post that he thinks, uh, you know, he, he hopes things work out because he wants to get out there and play. Uh, on the other side, Milwaukee's Brett Anderson was one of the very first players to come out and react on Twitter. He highlighted the passage in uh, – Jeff Passon's story that said being away from your family for four and a half months. And he's like, that's where it starts and ends for me right there. Forget about it. So there's going to be, you know, give and take back and forth in within the players union before any, anything sort of comes to an agreement. But the question is, does his wife want to not get paid for four, four and a half months? Does she want him to miss that his year's salary? And usually unless, you know, I mean, these guys make a lot of money, obviously, 
but uh, they also spend a lot of money. And I think the paycheck in the end is uh, a pretty motivating factor. Yeah, I, I think Major League Baseball clearly would have preferred to see, uh, you know, their own home sites be the first option. But really, we, we, like Doug just said, it's not until the very last of these cities and these locations can say, okay, we can guarantee that there's, there's safety here, come back to the ballparks. Uh, I, certainly, New York and Seattle and anywhere in Florida are all going to be hotspots for a good long time, at least. We're, we're talking into that 18-month window like they, they originally said back in, in March. So there, there's a strong possibility that you're looking at next year not being able to play in New York. I mean, Ohio has been so good at this. And so out in front, forget Arizona. Just bring everybody here. We can put <laughs> high school fields around yeah. Northeast yeah, Ohio. The weather's great. Yeah, it is totally. Because we have they so many. The, the Clippers, they could play the Clippers ballpark. Uh, Lake Erie Captains, uh, Akron, the Rubber Ducks. Mahoning Valley never saw a crowd over 5,000 people. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the other, other, another consideration. You're going to be playing maybe uh, day-night double headers in Arizona in July and August when it's 110 degrees. Uh, the rosters are w another thing that was mentioned in all of this. You're going to have to have – you might have to have your entire 40-man roster available and just do a uh, like an active and an inactive list of, of 28 to 30 guys a night, right? Yeah, I think you're going to have to. I think I would imagine, you know, you every team would take their 40-man roster. You know, the, the rosters are going to have to be expanded. And, you know, I wonder what effect this will have on the minor league season. You know, the minor league season is supposed to start uh, on, uh, what, April 9th. And um, if you take, you know, your 40-man roster, that's probably, you know, the good chunk of your AAA club. And, mm -hmm. I, and I would imagine they take, you know, their, their best – they're also their top guys from AA, you know, and uh, just to, tr you know, have, have a reserve out there. And what happens to, you know, the A-ball guys and the, and the double-A guys and, you know, in the Arizona, in the Arizona, you know, the Arizona Rookie, rookie League? And the, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this, this could have some really well, bad ramifications. You're talking about Major League Baseball already trying to contract some of those minor league teams yeah. anyway. They're trying to cut 40, 40. anyways. So. Yeah, so it, it, it could, you know, the, the drip, drip, drip could uh, really kind of turn the minor league season around here. I would say though I I am so much on the side of something is better than nothing mm -hmm. that you know if 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 it's by hook or by crook you build a sixty game major league season out of something and there's no minor league baseball that's a better solution to me mostly for society mm -hmm. than no baseball until twenty twenty one yeah so right. um, I mean it's you know, I, and I just feel that across the board with all this stuff. The thing that I don't have a sense of at all, and you guys have a much better idea than I do, is, you know, people sometimes with everything, but especially in sports, like you float an idea, you throw something out there, and then you see what the public reaction is to this. Do you guys think this is more that, or do you think, could you actually see this being the actual real plan that actually happens? You know, I... I think this this could actually happen. I I can like you were saying, Doug and Joe was saying. There's no way they can play in New York now. They can't, you know. You 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 can't travel like normally. You can't travel 
Well, yeah, like, and, and it's when you travel to the America, every American League city. There's a thousand people dying a day in that city. It would be insulting to play baseball in that city right now. I, I don't, I don't think you can do that. When, when things level out, yeah, but not, you know, uh, yeah, it's. I, I think it could happen. You're talking about a commissioner here, who's the master of floating out ideas, seeing what the public reaction is, and then pulling them back. Hell, this could lead to one of those ideas of his. Be coming to fruition uh, in, in seeing the automated ball strike system. It, it, they, they're talking about using that across the board in Arizona if this happens. Oh, yeah, that's right. Robot because... umpires. We're, we're talking the, – the global pandemic has given us robot umpires. This is, you know, <laughs> the sky is falling. And, and that, I think, Joe, is an, is an important point you make. Um, about the idea of, you know, to play in New York right now would be insulting, right? I mean, and that's, all this has to be done with care. Mm -hmm. But I am, um, you know, if we really want to, sports never actually matters, really. Because every day in this country, people have cancer, people lose their jobs, people get divorced, people have terrible things happen in their lives. Sports is never that important. But yet it's so important. It's so important to our sense of normalcy. And so I think it has to be done delicately. I think the, the point Paul made right off the bat is so important in that it can't look like a bunch of rich guys getting preferential treatment, right? right. But if you can do it in a way that, that is done smartly, safely, and with the right, through the right lens, um, we, we, this is what sports does. And so I don't think also, and I got in a fight on Twitter the other night with people who were like, how do you, why do you care about this stuff at all? It's stupid. Like the idea that we, we can't talk about sports right now because our country is in dire straits. That's what sports does. It distracts us. It takes right. us away. It gives us a moment, a, a momentary respite. So you have to do it the right way, but I, but I would really – it would be great to me if baseball would be that first step that could do this for all of us. Yeah, March 12th, March 12th happened. The sports world shut down, and I started feeling guilty about myself because I looked at my coworkers at Cleveland.com. I looked at everybody who was writing important stories about, that kept the, the public informed and kept them healthy and, and gave them facts, and I'm like, what do, what do I do every day? I write about – I write about baseball and then I sort of started to realize, like you said, it's important. And, and Dave uh, Campbell, our, our sports editor, you know, he talked to us and he assured us, he's like, yeah, we need to keep being that distraction, that happy, that positive, uh, putting up that content for, for people to see, because like you said, it's, it, the, the, the public needs this. We, we do provide a service in that. So we're going to keep doing that here uh, on, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast uh, on a daily basis here for, for the, the duration of this uh, coronavirus shutdown. Uh, fellas, we're going to wrap up. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, just uh, I, I, your final thoughts on this, this Arizona proposal and, and what you hope uh, comes, comes true and comes to, to be fact here uh, in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it makes sense to me in, in, a, in a big picture sort of way, sort of way, um, you know, less travel, you know, no air travel, less exposure for the players. Um, the, the devil is in the details. So I, 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 you know, 
it seems awfully quick to uh, say you're going to start playing games in May, maybe June. I could see that, you know, how long is spring training detail after detail, but you know, I, you know, I don't see, I don't, I don't see this happening in Florida. I don't, you know, I, and I think uh, Arizona is the best spot to do it. And if they can pull it off, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, you know, Doug, uh, just as far as what this could provide the country, what, what do you think this could, this could do for, for a, a people, a nation that's, that's yearning for something like this right now? Well, and to me, the, the timing of it is the most hard to wrap my head around, right? What, what Paul was saying, May, I don't June 1st, but I, I like the idea of the plan, but to me, there's no drop dead date of, well, if we can't start by now, we can't do it because you know what, if you're going to tell me baseball starts August 1st and it's two months, I'll take it because I think it's that important. So I, I like the idea of planning, floating ideas. Let's maybe try to have this ready. We think it could work. Okay, we can't do it in May. Let's try June 1st. Okay, that's too early. Let's try June 15th. You keep pushing it back. But, but I just am hopeful for something sometime. And I just think that's so important um, for all the reasons I've said before. But, you know, if I had – I don't know anything, but, but I, I would say get the plan ready. And then if you have to push back the start date, so be it. And if you want to give us a 50-game baseball season, give us a 50-game baseball season, and then let's see some playoffs in October. And I think most sports fans out there would take it. All right, fellas, uh, it was really great to talk through this. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big development. It's the first real baseball news that we've had uh, in, in a couple of weeks here. And, it, you know, felt like uh, – felt really good to be talking about it here. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll dive more into it uh, tomorrow as well uh, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. 